Hello and welcome to Adventures in Venue Land, an EVMC podcast. Join us for this all-access pass backstage and behind the scenes with some of the brightest minds that cross the scope of the live event industry. I'm Dave Rettelberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. We'll introduce you to incredible guests who journey with us as we dive deep into the world of venues, tours, festivals, and everything in between. Grab your laminate and meet us in Venue Land. A lot of our listeners have wondered, what's it like working on the ticketing side of things? We're going to find out all about that and, and much more. We check in with one of my favorite people. We're heading up to Detroit Rock City to check in with Jessica Runyon. She's the VP Global Client Marketing with Ticketmaster. Jess, how are you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you? And that's a big intro. Favorite people. I have to say you're one of mine. You have been our, uh, and I mean this with all due respect, our our white whale, our, our uh, one of our guests we've been trying to get for a while. You have a very tricky <laughs> schedule. You're all over the globe, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. No, you you know I'm always here and available for you. I think it's locking in time for an actual podcast. You know it's been a busy year, so thank you for the opportunity, and always, always excited to chat. Well, you know, we have been good friends for a while through EAMC and now EVMC and uh, your your role there uh, as uh, uh, heading up uh, VP of Partnerships. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, let's get into this job. What is it? Because I've seen you progress through the years, but this title, right. VP Global Client Marketing, what, what does that mean? What are you doing, Jess? Yeah, thanks. So, so Vice President, Global Client Marketing, um, essentially that's client marketing, and that includes our solutions for our clients across everything from product to managed services. So that's things all from our email tooling that clients use every day, self-serve pixel placements, um, to working with my team one-to-one to strategize on a marketing plan for an event on sale. Um, so it's really everything from uh, managed services to product. Uh, and I think you know, we've known each other for a long time, but uh, you know, that it's essentially taking the things I've been doing at Ticketmaster and that we've been doing on the client side. And when, as you've seen through the years, we're now moving very much into where we can building that into the self-serve product, which is really exciting. And now that's, that's scaling globally, which is, is uh, a fun time to be here. What's a typical day look like for you? Is it, you know, I know you've got a lot of meetings. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, understandably like we all do. Um, but is there, you know, is, is there a typical day and, and, you know, what's that kind of look like if someone wants to be the next you, what are they, uh, what are they looking at? Yeah. I, I always say there's not a typical day and I love it that way. Um, you know, I, I think what a typical day looks like for someone on my team looks different also depending on, who they're working with, because when we think marketing at Ticketmaster, there's a lot of marketing teams. Ours is the client team. And what that means, as you know, being in your roles, it's different every single day. And across our segments of business, it looks different too. So, you know, for myself, what that looks like, I have an org of, you know, a pretty large org of folks that sit across representing our clients from venues to promoters to sports to arts. And that business looks different across each. You know, for me, I'm also working now on the product side. So we have a lot of product calls to our partners, some who sit in one of my, my right hand, who I always say is my right hand partner in product who sits in London. 
So I spend earlier in the day talking. A lot of times I try to prioritize those connects with folks who are working in our different time zones now in a global role, all the way through, you know, my direct manager um, who, who sits in, in LA, you know, and, and the folks who I work with out in LA and our, you know, main offices there is uh, on the Pacific Coast. So, our, you know, calls definitely go from early to late and, you know, who we're working with as it relates to, you know, what the day looks like. It, it's different every single day. Sometimes that's very much managing my team and working with the team um, across what their challenges are. Sometimes that's still very in the client business where I'm on the phone working with clients and talking with them and navigating that alongside somebody on my team. So really it, it, it varies. And, you know, when you say what a typical day is, there isn't one and I like it that way. When you are, so are you working pro mostly from, from home these days? I know you do some travel too. What's, what's the schedule like for you? Yeah, so um, I'm in my home office right now. You can see uh, this is the office I built when COVID came about. It gave me the opportunity to bring all the things that I had in storage out and create a space that I I enjoyed being in. Uh, I, I've really loved having that opportunity and, and kind of embraced it. And I'm fortunate because I have an office here in the Detroit uh, market also. So we have a Ticketmaster office here where I really, you know, I have the opportunity to go in a few days a week when I'm in the market and not traveling. Uh, you'll find me at either one of those two locations. I really enjoy the opportunity to still go in and see the folks who are in the office and, and working. I, I like that environment myself. You know, I'm also traveling. So, you know, I think when I'm not in the market, I could be anywhere. <laughs> our, our, my job is now a little bit of everywhere. Yeah, you really do travel all over. What are, what are some of the places you've been to recently? Um, most recently, you know, I've been to, we've, we've had some trips to London, which was really, really great. We've got a huge office there and a lot of folks that I work closely with across the market there. Um, we've got, uh, most recently at the end of the year, I was in Houston. I got my entire team together at the end of the year to celebrate wins. And that was really fun. We have a, a really great office there that, um, has a big open space and we all got together and it was an awesome time to celebrate and kind of connect. And then, you know, from there, this particular month, I'll be in uh, New York. Looks like maybe LA, it's, it's up in the air. And then I'll be in Vegas for uh, the end of the month in, in, at Intix, where I'm hopefully going to see a lot of folks throughout there listening to your podcast. And maybe either, I don't know if either of you are planning to be there, but, but I'll be there for, for that. When you have clients in your job title, I feel like that obviously immediately emphasizes people. And when I think of someone who is a people person in this industry, you immediately jump really high up on that list because even from like Dave said, you know, meeting you the first time, no matter what your role has been, you're a very people person. I think you know that. I think you realize it's one of your strengths. Uh, and if you don't, then you should. Uh, but how important has that been to you in your growth at Ticketmaster, but also just throughout your career and kind of like, you know, being a people person, I think, I think you like that aspect. So I think it's, it's kind of amazing that you've been able to leverage that in your career and really sort of put that skill, but also that joy to, to work and connecting with different people. Oh, thanks, Paul. Yeah. Um, I love people. <laughs> you can tell that I, I am really passionate about it, uh, but I think it's, it, it's been incredibly valuable for me in my career. I, I think, wasn't something necessarily I realized that was a skill. It was more so just something I enjoyed was talking to people and, you know, understanding others and talking to other people and kind of 
listening to them. You know, it wasn't something I realized it was something that I could make a career out of, but building relationships was something that for me, um, now I remember my mom years ago, always, she told me, you know, to first have friends, one must first show themselves friendly. And, uh, you know, because I was starting a new school and and I was like, you know, I don't understand, you know, I'm scared, I'm not going to know anyone. And that that's kind of what she told me. And, and it really is the truth. And I think I've always kind of prided myself on making and being that person that you know, I, I'm open and, and looking for folks to build relationships with. And, you know, that's really stuck with me. And for me, that isn't just meeting someone. You know, it's it's meeting someone and looking to understand them, understand a little bit more about them, not focus on yourself and you know, see whether it's just a light connect and you network um, or it could be something that you end up working together later down the road and, you know, really saying, like, how can I help you or is there something that I can offer that person? And I think for me, that's kind of been a foundation of what I've carried with me, those relationships that I had even in my very first role in this industry, those are still people I talk to today. Right. And, um, you know, I think, you know, for me, that that's really something that relationships are key. And I know everyone hears that out there. Uh, but it, it is incredibly important for you to build a network and establish a network early and keep growing that network and, and making yourself available. And that doesn't just mean you're calling on folks when you need something. It means you're there, most importantly, when others need things, uh, that they can pick the phone up and call you. And I think that when you've done that, you've built relationships and you'll continue to, to, to do that and, and hopefully grow and you know make strong relationships that last. When I first started out, my dad had said to me, you know, I don't care if it's an internship, I don't care if it's volunteering, when you get, do a job or you sign up to do something, you give it your best and see it through. And your name means something. It's not just about, you know, is this my job? Is this my role? Am I supposed to, you know, uh, they're doing this to me or whatever, you know, it's about you and the experience someone has with you. And people remember that. And to me, you know, what meant more than even, uh, you know, the accolades, if, if you will, is what people thought when they heard Jesse or they know Jesse. And I think um, that really stuck with me back then. And it, it always has. And I feel that way now, if it's a volunteer, um, you know, something, if it's, if it's my day job, if it's, uh, you know, someone who I just am trying to help out in the industry, I really feel like our names mean something, especially in a business like this. Um, and you, you know, we call on each other. People remember when they've had a good experience and they remember when they've had a bad one. Sometimes they remember the bad ones more than the good ones, you know? So you're, you're exactly right. And I think it is, to your point, it's so important to be authentic and bring that same kind of energy no matter what you're doing. So, you know, I think we've all maybe worked with or observed people that maybe give a lot of effort in certain areas and then they kind of uh, see some other job come along that they feel like is beneath them and they're like, eh, you know, and they don't really care as much about it. And, you know, to them, it might not be that big of a deal, but other people observe that and they they understand, oh, this person's not going to have my back when we're in the trenches, you know, like they're, they kind of don't care unless their neck is on the line. Well, my neck's on the line. So I want them to, you know, show up for me, just like they want me to show up for them. So you're exactly right. I mean, it's so important to, you know, have that consistency with what people can expect from you. And then, you know, as your career advances, that's what people, you know, associate with your name and associate with you. Like you're going to work hard, whatever the situation, whether you're coming in prepared or you're 
you know, less experienced, you're going to give it your all. Yeah. And you can, people are going to share their experiences, whether they worked with you directly, not good or bad. Um, you know, other industries, it may be different hours. It's not like that. People call everyone and say, Hey, what did you think about so-and-so or right. what, you know, yeah. um, I have that happen all the time. So make sure your name means something and you take pride in that. Jess, we, we know that um, you are a, a beam of light in this, uh, in this world, but there are people out there that suck, right? And you've got to deal with them. What's your trick? What's your trick be frank, for but dealing true. with those challenging people? Because I've seen you do it, right? Yeah. I've seen you. I've seen you remain positive in the challenging situations. And and how do you pull that off? Let's go right to it, Dave. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I I'll be honest. It's it's definitely something that's taken. That's a skill that's got to like be honed a little bit. Um, you know, because it is hard. And I think at the heart of someone who sucks, there's always a reason for it. And if we are, if we're listening, a lot of times we can kind of find what that might be. What does that, what does that person care about? And, and is there a why? Sometimes if it's, you know, someone we're working with and we have to work with them, as you know, whether it's a partner, whether it's someone that you're working with directly, whether it's someone on a team, sometimes we see and can see that that's an in, in insecurity, um, that they're uh, that, that themselves frustrated or that they're, they're just not happy and you can't let it shape who you are. Um, you know, and, and I think for me, I've been able to at least, or I try, I strive to look for how I can in that situation, not let that person shape me. And sometimes that means just being quiet and listening. If they're ranting or, or reaming you out, you know, um, you take it in some cases, depending on the relationship and the scenario. And then, Kind of let them let it let it die down and then uh you know not react in the moment uh in other cases it's something where and i've actually had to share this with my team at times you know we we have to just because someone else sucks doesn't mean you let it make you suck yeah and that I love means that. where <laughs> we we can't right like it that doesn't mean it means we don't let it waver our morals our um what we know is right as my dad always told me, you never go right by doing wrong. And so I've had folks who I feel like, you know, it can make you at times want to jump in or do the wrong thing, uh, you know, and, and, you know, meaning go along with the crowd or if they're, mm -hmm. they're like, you know, kind of in that environment. And I think in this industry, it's so important to just, you know, do the right thing, try to stay true to who you are. And um, I smile <laughs> sometimes. And I think it, it's funny, Dave that you talk about smiling or being personal and i've even had folks who say you know you smile so much you know you're always smiling like you, there's got to be something that you know behind that i'm like no not really i'm like <laughs> i can either choose to be happy or not so happy right i choose to be happy so i think the biggest thing for me is just not let it shake you sometimes that's hard you know sometimes it's easier like to your point you know misery loves company and sometimes when people you know we all you know understand it like the go-to small talk on the elevator is like, man, the weather's shitty. Yeah, it is shitty. And like, you know, I think people like communing over something they don't enjoy. And, but unfortunately that sometimes breeds, uh, you know, people kind of licking their mm -hmm. wounds together, which I think, you know, can change the attitude of a department. It can change the attitude of a company, you know, depending on how pervasive it is. But yeah. I think you're right. You kind of have to nip it in the bud and think, you know, how, how can I be that beam of light that also changes the attitude? Cause I think that is also 
that also spreads and that also, you know, can cheer someone's day up and then it makes them kind of be all the more cheerful to the next person. Yeah, make an impact where you are, right? Like, you know, we can't change everything, including people sometimes that we work with. But, you know, you'd be surprised at what you can influence by um, having a positive attitude and a can-do attitude. You know, sometimes we get faced with things, especially in this industry, whether it's like, um, you know, a task or a project or an event that seems impossible. And I think if you are the one that is looking for um, the what can I do or how can I, you know, make an impact here, you're going to hopefully influence that person that sucks or at least not let them influence everyone else. Right. Yeah. I think it's inevitable that folks we work with, just, they're not going to be the best all the time. And, you know, for me, the, the, the best advice and the advice I give, whether it's someone working with me or, or at least tell myself, and we always have to talk to ourselves too, and, you know, is just stay focused on you, stay focused on what you have to do, stay focused, you know, on the job at hand, the promoter, the show, whatever it is you're doing. Um, and, and what they, you know, I think that's it, Paul, right? Like, like, you know, and Dave, you know, for me, it's really about don't get caught up in the noise. Don't let someone else make you not be your best. Stay focused on where you're going, what you need to do, the impact you're making. And, uh, you know, ultimately I think, you know, that's where your best is and that's where you're going to shine. And, and it'll also help you keep calm and not get caught up in all that. Yeah. And, you know, you're worry about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Control what you can control. You know, you can you can only control what what you bring to a situation. And, you know, sometimes it's frustrating, but, you know, that that's what you can bring. And so, you know, keep positive and don't sweat if someone else is showing up, uh, you know, not in the same headspace or the same positivity that you can bring. To make the impact right if it's a team it's yeah. so, there can, it only takes one but to make it not so great or one who can turn it around sometimes and make it fun and positive we've seen that the, you know um somebody's fun and and or positive or trying to stay focused and bring folks back to the positive you know ultimately you could be the one to turn it around yeah you know when you talk about keeping a positive attitude let's let's just for a moment talk about you know Ticketmaster because you know obviously it's been your career for quite a while but, you know, and, and we all work in this industry. We all see the news stories, right? But tell me, what do you love about working for Ticketmaster? Um, yeah, Dave, I mean, I, I've been really fortunate. I actually started out here on the client side over 16 years ago. And uh, I've worn a lot of hats since then. You know, there is uh, obviously a reason I've stayed. You know, there's been a lot of opportunities that, that surface. And for me, the people are a huge part of that. I know a lot of people say that, but you can look around and see that I'm not the only one who stayed here a very long time. Uh, the people have kept me here. I think for me, I also love having the visibility in this industry. I knew early on, I was fortunate in my career to know I wanted to spend my life doing this. I was passionate about it. It's never worked when we're, we're fortunate. You know, we all are working, right? It is a, it is a role in a career, but if you love it and you know you're enjoying it, I think you. I feel so blessed, frankly, that I've been able to do that and somewhere that um, takes care of me and has. You know, I think that's the other thing is that through the years I have been able to grow and build a career here, and I can see and I've seen a lot of folks who haven't been able to say that in different places. And you know, when I look out and say, okay, where do I want to be? 
I want to be somewhere where I can be in a lot of parts of the industry, where I can keep growing and learn, um, you know, where I frankly enjoy the people and, and who I work with every single day because that influences you. To your point, if you, you can't have a positive attitude, ultimately it's going to show if you're not happy. And, you know, I feel like um, I'm also somewhere where um, even at a tough times that I've seen in this industry, even, you know, with COVID, that has taken care of people. And, uh, you know, that, that's meant a lot that, you know, I've been able to be somewhere that, that's done that and invested in people. And, and ultimately, I want to be somewhere where I can bring solutions that I'm happy with and proud of. Uh, and Amen. when I, you know, and I, I think I'm definitely uh, in a place to where I feel more so than ever um, proud of where I'm at and what I'm doing. Do you think it's critical to constantly adapting in order to stay at a company because i think one of the one of the things that we will see sometimes see is people stay at a company but they you know i'm not saying this with everyone but sometimes people will uh you know keep doing what they're doing and it kind of prevents progress for that company and so how critical is it would you say to being adaptive and also you know, helping your company innovate and push forward while you're growing within it yourself? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one I don't get asked a lot. You know, I get the first part, which is why I've stayed, but how have I been able to stay? And you're so right, Paul. It's it's critical to me that, you know, and, and to my growth that I, my company isn't just one that's a global organization that's but striving to be the industry leader, to your point, always innovating, delivering what's net, the next best um, and where we're going, thinking about tomorrow. And so for me to be able to have stayed here that long and grow um, and advance alongside, uh, it was important that I've been, you know, challenging myself and growing alongside the business. And, you know, I think that comes, no one's going to do it for you. We've got to do that ourselves. You know, that has came from me really leaning in and, and looking not just at the, the role that I was in, but, you know, the roles that I'm impacted by and that I'm impacting and, you know, learning from those roles, um, staying ahead of not just marketing, but ticketing operations, uh, you know, the account management side of the business is, was really important to me, I think, always to just understand all sides, you know, um, and I, I, not because I had to, because I wanted to. And I really think that's helped me, um, you know, even now, I'm not, I can tell you, I'm not just focused on what's happening now. We're thinking about tomorrow. I spend a lot of time thinking about what the products and solutions are looking like for the industry tomorrow. Yeah. And so I, I, I couldn't have stayed if I wasn't doing that. Great. Well, you know, talking about being where you're from and being proud of it. I know you, you have some Kentucky. Are you in Kentucky? Were you born in Kentucky? That's right. Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. I was, I was born in Kentucky. Uh, yeah, uh, Paul and I bleed blue. <laughs> it. I, you still got a little more, a little bit of the accent hanging in there, right? But I want to know. So you're 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 going to Eastern Kentucky University. You're you're part of DDD Delta Z Z Z Zeta, and you're you're working there <laughs> on activities and uh, societies. There is that was that kind of where you got the 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 fever for this uh, working the event business? You know, I I actually interned. And I, I did an internship at what was then the Lexington Children's Museum. And now it's called, I think it's still the Explorium, right, Paul? Explorium, um, I, yeah. I, 
And, and so back then, though, it was called the Lexington Children's Museum. And every day I got to, you know, go to Lexington, I'd go downtown, I would drive down there, park and go into the, into the uh, museum, and it's connected to Rupp Arena. And I would walk in and I would be like, oh, I want to do that job. You know, it, it was just, it gave me enough visibility. It was still a, um, you know, a, a, a venue, if you will. And they were in the middle of then the name change. But I, so I got a little bit of exposure, I think, early on in that time frame. But I knew then I wanted to do events and something in that, in that world. And so um, around that same time frame, they started having buzz about in my hometown an arena opening. And I knew, I was like, all right, this is going to be, I need that job. And uh, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I, I was not qualified for uh, the job at the time. I was a marketing manager, which I guess I would say is questionable. There was probably more experienced candidates, but um, you know, as soon as they, I, they started interviewing and, and I talked to someone who encouraged me to go in and, and apply. And I thought, I, I never thought I would want to embrace and, and move or have an opportunity to start out somewhere back at home uh, in my hometown. And, and I, I was like, this is too exciting not to try. And I ended up going in interviewing for a marketing manager role. Honestly, they had, it was a little trailer and they had hard hats then. It was still being built <laughs> and uh, went in and, and I, um, I leaned into the fact that while I might not have the marketing experience yet, I had the background and, and obviously education and had done some internships, but you know, I knew the market, I knew the audience. And that to me was, um, and, and it ultimately ended up being a key in me being successful. And I think that role, because you know, opening an arena somewhere where folks had never bought tickets in, in that aspect and a new place, it was a, a big education process. And, you know, in that role, I, I, I will say this all the time, I would never change that experience. I think it was critical for my success. And, you know, I wore every single hat after in a small mm -hmm. venue, you wear every hat. It was almost like a, um, a schooling for the industry. It's a great training ground, right? No, tickets. no, I agree. Yes. Yeah. You learn to sell tickets on the DOS screen. You end up being a manager on duty. Um, you know, you're yeah. doing settlement for the media. You're negotiating trade and then you know you're also pr and community events and uh representing so uh, it was uh it's a time that i would not change and i'm very thankful they gave me the opportunity talk to me about making that that change and making which i know a lot of our listeners think about sometimes making that change from you know working for smg to working for ticketmaster yeah so um I, I actually, it was, it was funny how it worked out. So I was uh, at the venue and at that time in a small market, you know, you don't yet have exposure. You're just in your, you know, sort of venue in your market. And uh, I think before, because I was fortunate to have a parent company that was also a part of the, the venue, they also you know, gave me an opportunity to network or talk with other marketers. So I still have those relationships very strong today. Now I have some global and, and, you know, that, that foundation, those folks, a lot of them are still in similar roles or in that, you know, similar uh, venues or markets. And, and so I, I really value you know, being able to have that ability to network and EAMC then at the time was a part of, you know, an opportunity I saw them going to. So I was like, you know, I want to go to that conference. That sounds fun. They're getting to travel. Uh, so I, I really made the case, went to my GM and said, Hey, I want to go, you know, to this conference and, and they supported it. Uh, you know, gave me the budget. I had to ask for the budget and allocate budget to, to do it. And ultimately, you know, it was a huge unlock for me. I remember being at the, the conference in uh, Miami 
and seeing all these people, almost overwhelming, but at the same time thinking, wow, I want to do this. You know, I, this is definitely where I'm supposed to be. I want to be like these folks. I saw the folks on the exec board thinking, I want to be like them one day, <laughs> you know, and uh, I think ultimately was networking. And at that time, I met someone at Ticketmaster. And they had said that there was an opening in the regional market. The roles were a little different then. We were more regional based. And there was an opening in Detroit. And I said, um, you know, that'd be interested. And, and I interviewed, actually interviewed a couple of times. Then I flew in for an in-person interview. And then 14 days later, I moved from Kentucky to, to Detroit. And, uh, you know, that, that's kind of, uh, it was a little bit of a whirlwind. And it was scary. I remember standing in the arena looking around and um, it was empty and I thought, oh, am I going to move? Am I going to do this? And I, uh, for me, it, it was a scary thought at the time, but I, I, um, I knew that I felt like I had really learned a lot at the role that I was in and I wanted to learn something different and, and see what else was out there at that time in my life. And so that, that's kind of how I transitioned over and, you know, been in a lot of roles since. I think you really hit on the importance of conferences and Dave and I are, you know, are nodding along as you're, as you're talking about it. Cause I remember my first kind of work conference and definitely my first EAMC now EVMC where I went to it and you have this sort of like, you know, eye-opening experience where you're like, Oh, there's other people out here that are dealing with the same stuff I am. And it, you know, you can you can have this kind of love for the industry or love for your job, but then when you meet this greater group of people that all sort of are in that same trench with you, it really changes the perspective of the industry. And I think it it kind of adds gasoline to the fire. And, you know, for the most part, it usually, uh, you know, gets people that are kind of like, oh, I kind of like this industry and makes them like, oh, my God this is where I want to work for the rest of my yes. career, you know? And sometimes I think it scares yeah. people away, but maybe it, it educates them that, you know, maybe it's not, you know, I, I think when you, you get around a group of marketers who are all type A and we're all like buzzing around, it's, you know, it's, it's a very uh, fun, exciting experience. And, and so I, I, I remember mine very vividly, but also I think I always make it a point, which I think you do as well, because a lot of your team usually comes to conferences to send my team to the conference, especially when I was at the arena, because it really does like give them this better appreciation for like who they're working with, who is doing the same stuff they're doing, that there kind of is this wider sort of industry out there. And sometimes it's hard to imagine that when you are in a small town in Kentucky or you're in a small town in whatever state you're from, you know, you, you hear about it and you're like, yeah, there's other people doing shows and I'm following a few of them on Instagram. But then when you actually meet them, you're like, oh, okay, we, we really are like, it's not as big of an industry as I thought it was, but it's, you know, we're all kind of can, can help and learn from each other. It really, you know, ignites that, I think. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, you know, I think there's a little bit of a little, a few things you touched on. And I think some of it is, um, embracing those opportunities and not being afraid you know when you go it can be intimidating and I know I was and I, I think I was fortunate to um, you know my dad always said you could do any I he felt like I could do any job I mean I, I know even with Ticketmaster he always used to tell people through the years he'd be like yes he's a vice president I'm like no I'm not that I'm a marketing manager <laughs> quit saying that he's like well 
Well, you could be that. You could be. And I think, you know, I think it it was scary. I'm not going to lie, even going to the conferences at first, because, you know, I felt like, okay, I am in this small venue and, and no, you know, I'm not going to talk to someone who's in a big venue or or someone who's on exec board and whether it's at a conference or, or any, you know, wherever you are, I think being confident in who you are and, and just where you are and knowing that, you know, we all, all those small venues make up this massive, awesome industry that we're working in and you have something to bring and you have value to bring. And so go up to folks. Don't be shy about that and know that we all started somewhere. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's part of it. And, and actually we're not all, you know, I find a lot of marketers and successful people are actually more introverted too. There's a little bit of everyone. And so, so for some folks, that's intimidating. They actually leave the socials probably and have to go and rest. Or if they do duck out, you know, I think sometimes it's not because they don't want the environment or, or experience. They just, you know, it's a lot for them. And so what I would say is, is kind of know yourself and, and embrace these opportunities when you are there and put yourself in a position where, you know, if it is someone that you have looked at, look at the agenda or look at the um, attendees or look at who else is going to be there. And, and seek them out and don't be afraid to go over and, and, and introduce yourself. Um, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing that I see folks um, that I have talked to who, who um, you know, have challenges in those settings. They haven't, um, they just haven't, they need a little nudge sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that's what I would say to anyone listening is that if anytime you want to talk with me, I, I love those opportunities to meet new folks. Like you said, Paul, you and Dave both are also the same. And, uh, you know, I think we try to, to embrace the opportunity to help folks who are looking to grow or, or network and make them feel comfortable. I think e, EVMC is really unique in that way and that, you know, it is a culture where we've really been fortunate to continue to build it that way so that it is embracing everyone and making sure if we do see someone who's sitting alone, you know, we're going over and someone's going over and helping, you know, make sure that they feel welcome. We will nudge you. We're a team of nudgers here talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we we're talking about EVMC and uh, I feel like we need to let you give a plug for uh, partnerships because uh, as the former uh, VP of sponsorship, you've taken it, you've transformed it and you've, you've grown it so much. Uh, but for somebody who's listening out there today, what 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 is partnerships and why should my company or or tour or venue be a partner with EVMC? Give your best sales plug uh, because I feel like you know you, I know you're always pushing and I, I'd be definitely remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to to plug uh, uh, what you and your team do so wonderfully for EVMC. Thanks, Dave. Well, I had a great mentor, uh, you know, in you in this uh, in this uh, role that I'm wearing now, and I, I think it's it's I would say to folks. You know, EVMC partnerships is something I obviously believe in heavily. Ticketmaster has been a partner of EVMC for years and years. And, you know, it's it's a place where you not only get to showcase your solutions and, uh, you know, tools or products or what you do in the industry, but network, um, build relationships, sit alongside folks in sessions. I, you know, I have folks who say they go to industry events and set up a booth and just sit there. And I'm like, this is not the conference to do that. You know, this is the one where we truly do embrace our partners and, and, you know, embrace them as part of the overall conference and set them up for success and making sure that they feel not just welcome, just like we do the attendees, but that they're set up for success and become a long-term partner for years. 
And so I think for, for me, a big part of that is that we do make sure that we're listening to what the partnerships are, have been wanting. That's how it's evolved in the last few years, especially we've created new opportunities for partners to showcase their brands, to engage with attendees, to be sure that we have unique partnerships because not everyone's looking for the same thing in a partnership. And, and we've really tried to evolve to where we're um, creating unique partnerships based on what folks are looking for when it comes to you know, considering success in a partner. You know, I would say that EVMC has grown and, and there's a lot of folks in the industry who not just come to this event year after year, but we've seen significant growth uh, in the conference year over year. And, and I, I know and, and believe in the fact that you know, not only is it a place for us to see and, and see that return on the investment for a partner, but also for, um, for them to continue to grow their brand and, and network, it, it's, uh, it's really an incredible opportunity. And frankly, I think it's one that we, uh, we could charge a lot more for because I think we're very competitive <laughs> and also our, our partner rate. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do see a lot out there, and I think it's one that, you know, they uh, they 10 times X, you know, 10X on their return when they've been a part of our conference. Well, and I think it's important to also recognize, which I'm sure we've talked about before, but this is an all-volunteer group. We're not here, you know, turning yeah. partnership money into, you know, money that's going into anyone's pocket. This group that's involved in this conference is passionate about this industry, passionate about each other, passionate about making it a better industry, a, you know, how can we improve? How can we affect fans' lives? So, I mean, at the end of the day, partners are really getting a lot from us, you know, attendees at the conference, but they're also sort of showing their support for this growing industry. And, you know, the money that mm -hmm. is coming from it goes back into making this conference back better and bigger and really just supporting the industry overall. Like, you know, it's, it's really, how can we help each other? And, you know, I think we need partners for that. You know, we we're, we're all in this together. We're all, you know, doing the best we can to kind of, you know, do what we can to make memories, sell tickets, you know, all the fun stuff. And, and I think partners are critical in that vision. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Paul. You know, we are all nonprofit and volunteers in the industry. And I think, you know, because of that, we value and truly appreciate the partners. The conference couldn't happen without them. And you know, I think that they um, they not only are going to see return, but to your point, they can feel good about this and that this is the only conference. This is exclusive for marketers. And, and a lot of folks in the industry don't have a space like this. And this is uh, means a lot to them including, you know, the folks that we help out with internships and scholarships and things like that in the industry. Talking about things that that mean a lot to you, we've talked about, you know, obviously Jess at work and uh, Jess with the volunteer hours, but but Jess at home, I know you have a lot of passion for, for family and, and, and who's there with you in Detroit? <laughs> so I have my husband here in Detroit. You know, it's funny because I wasn't planning, I think, you know, years ago when I moved to Detroit, I was like, I'll be in and out in a couple of years and then out and then I uh, met my husband and and so this is a uh, really home base for me regardless of where my role I've been fortunate it's a little everywhere but my husband's here and then I have uh, Taya who's a huge part of my life she's an 85 pound lab and uh, my best friend from Kentucky actually got her for me so uh, and and uh, she she's born on my birthday and and we have uh, we, she was meant to be mine I always say that so yeah, that that's kind of our our home home life here. Do you guys get to do a little, little fun traveling? You know, I, I know your husband always I can't always make the trips because he's got to do his own stuff too. But 
But like, uh, what do you guys like to do for fun? Yeah, we, so I am uh, very big on events, even though it's in my work life, it's also my personal life too. So I'll be at the Lions game on Sunday. We're in the playoffs. Whoop, whoop, go Detroit. Um, and, uh, you know, outside of that, I do still go to a lot of events. I, I, that's, you know, that's a big passion of mine. And then on the flip side, I love also the water and, uh, you know, the South is a big part of my life. And so I travel a lot with the, to the South and then I spend anywhere from eight to, you know, at least eight weeks or so, you know, we, we will load up and, uh, go to Florida or, um, you know, we also have been to the Carolinas and done it where we'll, we'll just kind of work from somewhere. So I think we've really embraced the, uh, you know, ability to have and be fortunate to work for uh, companies where we can do that. And uh, we've kind of gone and, and you'll see me sometimes on a, on a beach and, and be in that environment with my dog. And, and that's really, you know, not the touristy places I say, Dave, you know, I, I, um, I like to go places where, you know, it's quiet, it's yeah. nature, it's, uh, you know, sound, you'll see me out kind of exploring and seeing what the new, uh, you know, critter I found in the water is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, I think it takes back to where I, you know, grew up, you know, growing up in a, a remote location. It, and, you know, for me, I still need, while it's busy and I love the life, my day life and job uh, is, is busy and then in a, you know, populated areas and I get to travel in those areas. I think I do appreciate the ability to turn it off and in my personal life, be able to be quiet and go to those spots too. That's important. No, it's important to be able to just kind of like, you know, recharge those batteries. Mm -hmm. find the bat yeah and find what does that for you because each of us is different you know so i think for me you know finding what 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 does that for me that that's something i i prioritize for sure you mentioned how important the south is to you and getting back to the south and i know obviously since i've known you you've come back to kentucky pretty consistently multiple times a year you're always like coming back and visiting your mom your family you know, seeing friends that are in the area, you know, how important is it for you to, as you mentioned, like kind of disconnect, you know, it's, it's kind of a chaotic industry, but having that appreciation for maybe a slower, small town kind of uh, pace, you know, how important is it for you to like visit with your mom, visit with your family and really sort of, you know, go back to your roots in Kentucky? Yeah, I, I think um, incredibly important, more so now than it ever was. I think when we're earlier in our careers, we are just, you know, head down a lot of times and go, 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 full steam ahead. And I think I've realized as I've gotten, you know, more experience, uh, I, 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 I hesitate to say older, but more experience, I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's more about, you know, the balance. And, um, and those folks, you know, home is so critical. My mom being a part of my life, me, Kentucky being a part of my life. I love for folks to hear about Kentucky. I try to be a big advocate for where we came from and proud of it. And, you know, I have a home uh, here and I, I go home whenever I can, but my mom also comes up here and vice versa. You know, my friends, you, at any given time, whether it's my house, you might find my mom or a friend. Uh, and I like it that way. That's great. All right, Jess, before we wrap things up here, I want to hit you with our fast five it's five quick questions. Just looking for your brief instant response. Do you remember your very first concert? See, my first concert was, um, I didn't grow up around live events, uh, you know, a lot of it. So it's mostly local bands and things. And I think it's more for me about the first one that stuck with me. And I had friends who 
talked me into, um, and I hate to say talked me in, but you know, they talked, we went to a festival. I'd never done anything like that. And it was a weekend thing. So we had a, it was a pretty big commitment. And uh, there were all these different stages and there was all these bands. It was a bluegrass festival. And on the hillside, we sat on the hillside. So that was the lawn, was this hillside with a big stage. Yonder yes. Mountain yeah. uh, String Band was one of the bands. Stars were in the sky, you know, it was just a great time. And uh, sounds like you know, for a very me, it really Kentucky a... experience. <laughs> Under the under, under the night sky with banjos. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know, it's funny because I loved it. It was magical. And I think now well, my music tastes are all over the place. Um, you know, I, I think uh, that was one that stuck with me. Yeah, sometimes the experience is more memorable than sometimes even the band or anything else. You know, that's what that's what really makes it special and stand out. Totally. How about how about your your favorite concert? Uh, so I've got a couple that, for different reasons. So that's really hard to pick. You know, I've been to to a lot of shows. I've been yeah. fortunate. Um, I think you know one of my uh, very all time favorite shows. I saw you two at Breslin Center on the 360 tour with Florence and the Machine opening up for them. That was a really fun show for me for a number of reasons. Both the artists I saw. Um, you know, it was really close. I had not seen Florence and Machine live and just powerful. I um, really loved getting to see Cher just to, from an icon perspective. I also got to see Tina Turner live and Garth Brooks live. And I think they're all iconic for different reasons. Yeah. So those are shows I just, I always say like I never forgot. And, and um, you know, I, I think those are, those are some that just stuck with me. Jess, we come over to your house for dinner and you're cooking. What's what's your what's your go to dish that, that you love to cook? Um, okay, so I I'm a huge fan of uh, Mexican food, so I'm always going to have chips and salsa, and likely making fajitas or something along those lines. I like to make homemade salsa. I've kind of practiced for years, so that that's one that that I do. And then uh, I really love you know growing up in the south. I love hometowns like like home comfort food. And yes. so, you know, I really country like to, to make that kind of, kind of, yeah, I like the country Born cooking, bread. you know, so. No, no, no. <laughs> exactly. And an iron skillet, too. And an iron yes, skillet, of course. <laughs> All right, we know you yeah. travel a lot, but what place is still on your travel bucket list? All right, so I have not yet, I've been to London, but I've not yet gone to Paris. Um, and, and it's crazy because I've been so close, but but it's on my list. Um, want, want to get there. I haven't been to Greece. I, I I need to go, and it's definitely on my list. I I'm I'm planning to hopefully hit hit that up uh, in the near future at some point. But uh, you know, and then there's there's a huge list, but those those are just a couple that that are on the near future list, if you will. All right, last question: What is your what's your theme song? So there's a TV show all about the life of Jess, and cameras follow you all around. And what's the song? that plays over the the opening credits to the Jess show. <laughs> um, so, so Dave, this is hard because we actually, you know, I have, uh, I really love, um, if you look at my Spotify playlist, I have, uh, and, and even the last, like, current past years, I'm really big in the 90s and hip hop. And so, you know, you're going to likely hear something that is uh, salt and pepper or, 
you know, something along those lines in the background. I, I also have, um, I feel like you have to then go into a little bit of credence because I'm a little bit of that too. And, and that's kind of a, you know, band that, that always comes up for me. And, and when I'm in a place that I need to just kind of reset, I'll put it on. There you go. All right, Jess. Hey, uh, give any plugs that you want to give. Um, anybody wants to reach out to you, uh, follow along with your adventures or anything. What's uh, anything you want to plug? Yeah, you know, what I would say is that um, not just so from an EVMC partnerships perspective, I, I we're always looking for ways to continue to grow our partners and, and want to help folks out there who are looking to, you know, embrace the conference or be involved in the conference. I would say reach out to me. You know, I think on the other side, um, just overall in the industry, I am a person where I love to hear from folks and uh, always enjoy hearing from folks. So please do if folks are out there and they want to learn more about what Ticketmaster is doing. You know, we are right now, um, you know, I, I we, we did talk about this, but I am in the revenue and demand organization of Ticketmaster. And what that means is that we're really, um, we're creating tools and solutions to help our clients across, not just you know, uh, pricing, analytics, and marketing. And we're bringing all that together, which is really exciting. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about what we're into or our marketing solutions, please hit me up. I would love to take you through that and chat and or hear some feedback if, if anyone out there just has feedback to share. Thank you so much for the time today. We appreciate you. And I know you're, you're a busy woman and uh, it's great to talk to you. And we, we look forward to uh, seeing you again in Denver. Oh, thanks, Dave. I, I love, you know, I, you know, I adore you and Paul both and, and EVMC is important to me. And uh, I think I appreciate the opportunity and, and want to just uh, thank you both for, for chatting with me. Always, always a good time. Of course. And a, a big thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Adventures in Venue Land. Remember, you can subscribe and find more episodes wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We do love your five-star reviews so you can help others find us. Until the next adventure, I'm Dave Ruttleberger. And I'm Paul Hooper. Thanks for listening, everyone. Adventures in Venueland is a side project of the Event and Venue Marketing Conference, a marketing conference that brings together diversified event and venue professionals to cultivate education, collaboration, and innovation for the growing sports and live entertainment industry. Find out more at eventvenuemarketing.com. Audio editing and mixing by Camille Faulkner. Design and digital advertising by Megan Ebeck. Copywriting and publicity by Samantha Marker. Guest booking and brand strategies by Paul Hooper. Guest research by Dave Rettelberger. Marketing strategies by Paul Hooper, Megan Ebeck, and Samantha Marker. Thanks for joining us. Until the next adventure.